What's going on, everybody? Once again, you already know, it's William Lane coming at you with another season prediction episode. We have only, after this one, one left. So we have two left. We have finally made it. College football is around the corner. NFL is around the corner. Life is almost fantastic again. With that being said, today I'm here to talk to you about the NFC West. We will be saving the NFC South for next week. Stick around anyway. Stick around anyway. It's going to get a little interesting. But before I get into things, just would like to say, appreciate you guys for once again tuning in, as always. You know where to find me on Twitter at TheWillyLane. And we have our own Twitter as well at S-I-Y-L podcast that is stay in your lane podcast go ahead check us out stay in the loop i'm trying to get real active during the nfl season i'll be reposting highlights i'm, I'm looking to get more involved i'm trying to get y'all out some more content other than just episodes so i appreciate your patience i did just start school but hey it's whatever football is basically back i'm so excited with that being said the NFC West. Man, oh man, oh man. What a fall from grace, the NFC West. Not too long ago, we were talking about the NFC West as one of the most competitive divisions in football. Los Angeles Rams, Super Bowl contenders. San Francisco, Super Bowl contenders. Seattle, I mean, they had rust. Everyone thought they were going to be a Super Bowl contender at one point. Arizona, young quarterback Kyler Murray. What could go wrong? This was such an insane division. But man, has it fallen off. Speaking of falling off, the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Wow. It wasn't a great year last year. Not one bit. Alright. The Arizona Cardinals last season finished with a DVOA of 29th. Wow. It, it wasn't good. They finished the year 4-13. This year, I don't have them doing anything special. I think I have them finishing with the first overall pick. I feel like a lot of people do, and I can understand why. This roster is a mess. Carly, Kyler Murray's status is just a massive question mark. And me personally, when I'm looking at it, it's hard for me to really want to bet on a team in which their quarterback is causing potentially some of the most problems. So that means it'll be the Colt McCoy and Clayton Toon show. Until further notice. And I'm going to be honest here. That might be the worst quarterback room when Kyler Murray's not around in the entire league. And the only one that I think really gives it some good run for its money could be Tampa Bay. Oof, not good. With that, it's just hard to bet on them for that reason. And even then, I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan to begin with. I would love to see him healthy, though, get back on the football field, prove me wrong. But it's like this this receiver, or this quarterback room, not good. 
and the receiving core is just... It's okay. Hollywood Brown. Incredible deep threat. He has the speed to beat defenses over the top. Really open up your run game in doing so. But who's going to get him the ball? That's my main concern. I like Rondell Moore. I think Rondell Moore has proven to be a very solid second option thus far in his career. He battled injuries in 2022, but if he can remain healthy, then he should play a pretty important role in this offense. The most intriguing piece, I'd say, in this group is Michael Wilson out of Stanford. Speaking of injuries, he just had an insanely injury-riddled career in college. But when he was on the field, he was at another level. Maybe it was the competition he was playing against. I don't know. But a lot of people really like Michael Wilson. Understandably so. I kind of like Michael Wilson. I see the upside. Once again, who is going to get them the football? Who, who will it be? I'm not happy with Clayton Toon or Colt McCoy. And then you look at the tight ends. Zach Ertz is apparently ish injured currently. Now, I really like Trey McBride, and I'd love to see him involved, but I don't know. And one of the team's biggest problems, you know, like the quarterback room, not great. The wide receiving core, nothing right home about. But for years, what got you here in the first place was that offensive line. They could not protect Kyler Murray, and that's what got us in this situation to begin with. The addition of Paris Johnson at right tackle, wonderful move. Ian Humphreys could be excellent in the pass protection. And their interior is a lot better when it comes to the run game. So I would, I would honestly expect a lot of just schemed runs up the middle. I really do this season. For a halt, I believe that's how you say it. If I got it incorrect, do correct me. Let me know. Um, he's He's... A lot better in the run game than he is in the pass game. Now, this unit is a little bit improved compared to years prior, but it's not always going to be pretty. Not one bit. Speaking of just schemed runs, after James Conner, this running back room is extremely, and I mean extremely, underwhelming. To say the least, honestly. To say the least. After James Conner on this roster currently, you have Keontae Ingram, Tyson Williams, Boyd Clement, and I mean, there's Marlon Mack as well. Marlon Mack, I mean, but he's already, I believe he's already currently on the IR, so you don't have Marlon Mack. I lied. Not good. It's not good. I don't see this offense being that great. I really don't. So they're gonna have to. Do, they're gonna have a lot of figuring out to do. You got a new head coach involved as well, so it's hard for me to really bet on a team that has a bad offense, a worse defense, and a first-year head coach. Speaking of defense, it's in for a rough year. This defensive front is one of the worst in the league, and the secondary isn't gonna make up for it. Not one bit. They're going to be, I, I expect teams to run through this defense. Isaiah Simmons has officially made it clear that he will be moving to safety. He will not be playing linebacker this season. He's an incredible.
incredible athlete. So it'll be a very interesting transition to make. So far in the preseason, he has shown a little bit of growing pains. But for the sake of his career, this could be the right move. The cornerback room is just lacking of experience all the way around. Etrell Clark will be forced to step up immediately, as there is a chance we do not even see Garrett Williams this season. So the position group lacks talent as well as depth to really make any waves. And for that reason, I'm not really rocking with it. I would honestly expect to see a little bit of BJ Ojolari fairly early on. I don't see why not. And the linebacker room doesn't really move me that much either. Especially, I mean, now Simmons is reportedly moving to safety. So now it's going to really be up to Kaiser White, who I think should make for a decent addition to put a lot of weight on his shoulders. Is there aren't really any other options around him? Maybe we say see Owen Popo. Maybe. Who knows? This defense isn't good. This offense isn't good. So it's really hard for me to be encouraged by this team when there's questions at almost all points of this roster. You have a new head coach. There's questions at the head coaching position now. There, you don't. It's it's weird. It is so weird. The Kyler Murray situation is bizarre. You, you kick Josh Rosen to the curb. Kyler Murray is your man. Now he has some injury issues and he can't seem to stay on the field. Those things happen. Yes, but it seems like every single time we've seen him out there, it's been progressively worse i'd say but it wasn't too long ago that he was just really making a name for himself as an mvp candidate so what's happened we we saw the clause last year about the studying and obviously you don't have to look too deep into that and in the end they took it out of the contract but the fact that they put in the contract to begin with was just crazy to me now there's the chance that Kyler Murray doesn't even take a snap again in a Cardinals jersey. I've seen the mock drafts, you've seen the mock drafts, and I know, once again, we're fans. Like, what? I mean, we're gonna, like, mock drafts, they're mock drafts. You don't buy too much into them. But the thought is if Caleb Williams is available and you have the first overall pick, why would you pass on him? I'm the Cardinals, I don't know what you do. I really don't. I saw someone on Twitter earlier today talking about trading Kyler Murray, getting Caleb Williams. You could get a pretty good draft capital out of Murray. I'd say his contract is fat. And I don't even know if you'd get a first-round pick at this point, honestly. Maybe you would. Maybe I'm looking too deep into his injuries, but I really don't know what you would get for Kyler Murray at this point in time because we haven't seen a whole lot recently. Or do you keep Kyler Murray and end up getting rid of what could be eventually the first overall pitch? Which, sorry about that. I uh, I had a little Tic Tac case, which, side, just sidebar, roller coaster of emotions before the show. I open, or I look at this case of Tic Tacs, it's orange. Oh, sweet, orange Kit Kats, delicious. I then open it, I put one in my hand, and it's white. Okay, is it mint? That's a little disappointing, but I'll take it. And then I ate it, and it was orange flavored. Roller coaster of emotions, let me tell you. 
I really like orange Kit Kats. I'm not really a fan of the mint ones. Moving on. I have the Cardinals finishing 2-15. and 15. I'm not moved by the idea of you might not see Kyler Murray at all this year. The defense isn't great. Not one bit. The offense ranked 30th in DVOA last season. And I expect, honestly, I could see both units finishing bottom five. I really could. Especially after the departure of DeAndre Hopkins. So, Hollywood Brown's really going to have to take on a much bigger role. And last time we saw him take on the role of wide receiver one out in Baltimore for an extended period of time. It wasn't always great. Arizona Cardinals, two and fifteen. I don't think I mean they're gonna get a win. They're gonna they're gonna get somebody. Then at the end of the day, any given Sunday, someone's gonna win. So moving on. This team, this next team, I had a really hard time figuring out. And that's the Los Angeles Rams. I I don't know. I really don't. Of every single one of these predictions, this is the one I'm probably the least confident about. Simply because they're a hard read. Setson Bennett has been promising in preseason. How much can you buy into preseason? I'm, I don't know. I can't tell you that. Matthew Stafford will look to make his return from yet another elbow injury. And it feels like it's being downplayed by the Rams. What type of Matthew, what Matthew Stafford will we see into this season? You'll have Cooper Cup returning after missing almost all of last season with an ankle injury and is currently ailing from a hamstring injury. Which he, he just recently returned to practice from that. So, after Cooper Cup, I feel like this receiving core is fairly questionable. Van Jefferson's receiving a ton of love and is a very solid deep threat, I'd say. But after that, you got what? Tutu Atwell? Uka Nakua, the rookie? I not moved. If Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford can come back and rekindle that just Super Bowl winning connection, then... This offense should be fine. You got Cam Akers back, which who had a very weird year in 2022. Extremely weird year. I'd say I'm actually a little bit higher on this running back room than most. I like Cam Akers. I like Kyron Williams fairly well, and I actually like Zach Evans. I think they both bring something to this unit as a whole. So those three right there, I'm confident in entering 2023. But... Akers is coming off of a very weird 2022. He was supposed to be the guy they rolled with into 2022. Underperformed. His snaps got decreased. Next thing you know, certain things happened. He's back in the spotlight, and he tears it up. So what Cam Akers are we going to get? The offensive line is just the most concerning part, I feel. Specifically the interior. Even after the addition of Steve Avila, how much can we really bet on the rookie? Now, Steve Avila was my number one ranked guard in this year's draft. I love Steve Avila. But as a whole, I have a ton of concerns around this unit. Outside of him and Havenstein, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I think the offensive line is pretty bad. And even if you do get Matthew Stafford back healthy, 
how healthy will he be, or how long will he be healthy? He will be taking hits once again. So, not to question Sean McVay, though. I'm sure Sean McVay has a plan in place that we are going to see, and he'll probably prove me wrong. He's a great mind. But, another thing, I do like Tyler Higby. So, there's that. Tyler Higby and Cooper Cup, maybe Van Jefferson, but they could prove me wrong. Moving on to the defense, though. Yikes. Yeah, their defense is what kept them in games last year to begin with. They're losing Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd, Nick Scott, and have not done enough to replace the talent that is leaving this defense. I'm expecting a pretty big regression year from this team defensively, even with Aaron Donald. He's still amazing. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Donald's still amazing. But there are too many holes everywhere else. The secondary is going to struggle a ton this season. A ton. Their cornerback room is also super inexperienced, and honestly, it's not that talented of a group. It's not. The safety group should just be okay. Jordan Fuller maybe can bounce back from injuries. Maybe he'll, he'll probably have a pretty slow start. But the sooner he returns back to his 2021 form, the better. Byron Young, the rookie, should make a pretty good addition to this pass rush. So, really, the pass rush is all you got going for you. The Los Angeles Rams sold out for that ring. And we are witnessing the falling out of such actions. I mean, at the end of the day, once again, they won a Super Bowl. So, and they they basically, they, they won, really. I'd say it's a fair trade. But the mass exodus of defensive talent is my immediate cause for concern for this team. Especially when you have health concerns around your quarterback one, your wide receiver one. Your re- receiving talent to begin with is already kind of shaky. Your next... After Cooper Cup, I'd say your next reliable target is Tyler Higby. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby is 30. So, who knows how much of him we'll see. I currently have the Rams finishing 4-13. Now, I'd say that's also their floor. I would not be shocked if this is their floor. This team, if I had to give them a ceiling, I could see them winning seven. I, I could see it. It's once again a fairly weak NFC. But they're just dominated by the 49ers and Seahawks. And honestly, like they could, they'll split with the Cardinals probably, but... I don't see where they can get a lot of wins. And they didn't even have the greatest of years last year. So this roster seemingly feels almost, oh, I want to say worse. They, they, had, they had Baker Mayfield at quarterback, but we'll see. Moving on. San Francisco 49ers. I have them finishing second. And this is... Figuring out who I wanted to be higher over Seattle and San Francisco was one of my biggest headaches, I'd say. It's it's a tough one for me. It really is. 
I asked you guys on our poll on the Twitter, which once again, check it out at SIYL Podcast. You'll have San Francisco winning it at 80%, which makes me feel like the odd one out as there's been five votes and I am the only one who's voted for Seattle, but I'll get into that soon. Kyle Shanahan's a genius. He is. Plain and simple. Brock Purdy, as of right now, is the quarterback of the future in San Francisco. What made Brock Purdy so spectacular last season was the fact that he didn't make mistakes and kept the ball out of harm's way. He was the perfect piece for Kyle Shanahan's system. I'm not going to say he's a system quarterback by any means because that argument is disgusting. In my opinion, I feel like you put your quarterback in a good system to begin with. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to play to their strengths. And they did just that with Brock Purdy. When he took over as the starter in Week 13, Purdy had just six turnover-worthy plays for the rest of the year. So from Week 13 to Week 18, he only had six turnover-worthy plays. But he didn't make any big plays either. He just didn't put the ball in any risk. And my concern is the film is out there now. If he, if this team is going to want to go further, I mean, it's hard to say want to go further. They still made it extremely far, and in the NFC Championship game, they lost every quarterback. So what more can they do? But the film is out there. He's going to need to play, make bigger plays in 2023, and I think they can do that. I mean, you look at this team. He's surrounded by talent. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. That's one of my favorite wide receiver duos in this league. I, I think this is the year of Brandon Ayuk, if I'm being honest here. You got Christian McCaffrey, once again, and if he can stay healthy, I can only assume he's going to have a great season. George Kittle, incredible tight end. To this day, one of the best tight ends in the league. He can do it all. He was seemingly Purdy's favorite target while starting last season as well, and if just the two of them can continue this connection, then I'm sure this offense will go very far. I, I do. But my one concern... Once again, falls on like this offensive line. It got shorter. Like their depth got sh- thinner. Departure of Mike McGlinchey. I mean, Mike McGlinchey isn't the greatest right tackle in the world, but you. I feel like you're gonna feel his presence is gonna be gone. You're gonna you're gonna miss it. And Trent Williams getting up there in age. I'm not gonna doubt the best tackle in this league. But will he continue his dominance throughout the entire season? I don't know. How much can I rely on that one man to really be the anchor for this offensive line? He, he, he probably can still do it. And that's shame on me for questioning it. But this offense will be just fine. It is, as long as it can stay healthy. Because as of today, it's looking like Trey Lance is probably going to be out the door. I don't know what their plans are for Trey Lance. But Sam Darnold is the QB too. Brock Purdy goes down. Dude, I'm sure, I'm sure Sam Darnold can handle this offense as well. Just the talent. Kyle Shanahan, it's just, I think he can do it. The defense will, once again, continue its dominance. It's established said dominance for years now, let's be honest here, guys. It's kind of crazy, I'd say. Somehow it only got better this offseason, it feels like. The addition of Javon Hargrave is, came off the best season of his career, by the way. That's just scary. You got Nick Bosa coming off the edge as well. That pass rush is going to cause so many problems. So many problems. 
And then one, th- I haven't got to, I've almost talked about all 32 teams in this league. And these words have not left my mouth very, I don't even, I can't tell you how many times, but I love the linebackers on this team. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw have been incredible, and I do not see why they wouldn't stay hot, barring any sort of setback. They're just fine. Safety, Tilanoa Hufanga, has been a pleasant surprise, to say the least. Pleasant surprise since being drafted in the fifth round in 2021. I really like the starting safeties on this team. And if Jair Brown, out of Illinois, can develop, or make some form of impact this season, then he will make for an incredible addition. It seems as if Ward and Lenore will be wide corners this season with Isaiah Oliver manning the slot, is what it seems. Jair Brown could probably play in the slot, I would only assume. Any of those Illinois secondary players are going to be just fine at the next level. They were incredible last year. The cornerback depth is a bit concerning, in my opinion, but this secondary is just... This, this defense is so athletic that you can almost put anyone anybody, anywhere, honestly. Uh, this defense is going to be insane. It's probably going to be one of the best in the league. So, William, how is it that you've said all these great things about the San Francisco 49ers, yet you don't have them winning the division? I get it. I really do. I partially wondered the same thing, but I'm going with my gut here. And I've given it to the Seahawks, okay? I'm looking at this 49er schedule. The whole thing, they need to get off to a hot start. They notoriously throw games off rip for some reason. I don't know what it is, but if you want to continue your success from last season, Brock Purdy has got to come out of the gate hot. This 49ers team is really good. But they don't play bad teams this year. You got to play the Cowboys. You got to play the Vikings. You got to play the Bengals. You got to play the Eagles. You got to play the Ravens. The Jaguars have been red hot. A lot of people love them. The Steelers will cause you some problems, I can only assume. It's a tough schedule. It's a really tough schedule. I have them finishing 11-6. and six. I'd say they're ceiling 13 wins. I don't see why not. They did it last season. I don't see why not. Barring any injuries, any setbacks, this is a 13-win team once again. Floor, I'd say 10. 10 wins. This is a double-digit win team unless just, I don't know, if the world ended tomorrow, then I guess they're not a 10-win team. But I am confident that they will win at least 10. The Seattle Seahawks. I'm already just actually before I go. I, I forgot to mention. This defense will be great once again, of course. Now it sucks losing Jimmy Ward, Charles Aminahu, Samson and Bukam. That stinks. It it really does. Not to mention, not to mention, you lost to Miko Ryans. So there's, there's going to be a lot of turnaround on this defense. So that's my one concern. It's still going to finish top three, probably. Maybe definitely top five, but I don't know. Moving on to the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks win the division with the same record of 11 and 6. 
I have both of these teams finishing 11 and 6. I'd say the Seahawks ceiling is 12 and I'd say their floor 9, but I see them being better than last year. I I really like the direction this team has gone. And honestly, I've gained some more respect for Pete Carroll. I guess I was just not aware of your game. <laughs> Geno Smith was lights out last season, to say the least. I mean, come on. He didn't write back. How can you not love the story? That was insane. Could he be in a bit in a could he be in line for a bit of a regression here? Possibly. But he's got all the weapons he needs. He does. Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet in this backfield is going to make a very nice one-two punch. Charbonnet was an excellent downhill runner. I expect to see him a lot on third downs, get some goal line work involved. Kenneth Walker do his thing everywhere else. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, who is apparently battling an injury. But when healthy, that's just an insane trio, I feel. I think that's going to be incredible. JSN will be able to be eased into the league. Tyler Lockett is still a very good receiver. DK Metcalf, he and Geno's connection wasn't as fantastic as we would have liked, but they've now played a full season together. They've probably grown as players and built chemistry. I can only assume it will be better, right? So JSN's workload won't be too much by any means. So as time goes on, I'd like to see him get more involved because at the end of the day, they do need a solid third option because I'm not too high on Noah Fant. as like, He's a good receiving tight end, but you can't really expect much in the blocking department. But I still would prefer a lot of other names than Fant. So if JSN can become involved in this offense, the sooner the better. The offensive line isn't the greatest. If Charles Cross can bounce back from a pretty rough rookie season, then at least their tackle duo will be solid. Damian Lewis, he was good last season, but the rest of this interior is pretty questionable. Haynes and Brown aren't the greatest by any means. Somebody's going to have to step up and really be the anchor for this offensive line. I mean that. Because it's just, it's, it's my main cause for concern. It is so weird for me. The reason I could not figure out who is winning this division simply is, who am I betting on? Geno Smith or Brock Purdy? This is the weirdest thing ever. Both of these rosters are really good for different reasons, and then I look at their quarterbacks, and I can't help but kind of scrunch my nose a little bit, man. I'm not, I'm not a Brock Purdy hater by any means. The story's fantastic. How can you hate Brock Purdy? Geno Smith. How can you hate Geno Smith? That story's even better. I don't want to say it's better. It's just as great. Man, it's hard for me to really bet on either of them. That's just being honest. Geno Smith was absolutely lights out last season, though. I was more impressed by Geno Smith than I was Brock Purdy last season. And that's one of the reasons I'm giving the nod to Seattle was the QB play. Because Geno Smith played out of his mind last year. Moving on to the defense. The secondary makes me so excited. The addition of Devon Witherspoon in the draft was, for me, unexpected. 
Oh my God, was it amazing. How was I blind to this? Why did I not think of that sooner? I love Devon Witherspoon. That was my cornerback one. But Witherspoon, Woolen, and I know Kobe Bryant has been playing some at safety, but I'm still going to count him as one of these corners. It's going to be excellent for this secondary. It is. I have a little bit of concerns for the depth, as I'm not, I don't have much faith in Michael Jackson. <laughs> Quandre Diggs was excellent last season. And if Jamal Adams can return to this unit and remain healthy, then I don't see why this can't be one of the best secondaries in the league. Kobe Bryant taking some snaps at safety has allowed for some versatility as well. They're trying things out. I like that. I really like that. Not to mention, you know what else I like? The return of Bobby freaking Wagner, man. He's returned home in just in the nick of time. This team's linebackers were looking really rough, but Wagner has returned once again. He'll be the anchor for this run defense that struggled in 2022. Once again, death's pretty slim. Now, the interior of this defensive line is far from stellar, I will say. Reed and Draymond Jones are both just not good in 2022. Maybe they can have a rookie step and play a bigger role up the middle. I don't know. Maybe Draymond Jones can turn back the clock a little bit. Maybe. But the main thing they need to worry about is this pass rush, which was abysmal in 2022. Derek Hall out of Auburn should make a fine addition for the struggling pass rush. I expect to see them take Bofe out on many of these big blitzes as he was just awful in the pass rush last year. Really, this defensive line is the only reason for my concern on this defense. I love this secondary. I think it's going to be incredible. But your D-line is going to have to step up big time. I just don't feel like they lost a lot of talent, honestly. Huna Ford, replaceable. Shelby Harris, replaceable. Al Woods, replaceable. All of them replaceable, and I feel like they did a fine job replacing them. That's part of the reason I'm giving them this division. Because I know I also talked about with the 49ers, that schedule. So, oh, William. Seahawks schedule. Like, they play basically the same teams, man. What's up with that? I know. I know. Any given Sunday, man. Any given Sunday. Okay? Some things are going to go their way this year. I do. I think that's going to happen. I like how they match up. I the only I have them going four and two in the division. That is what changed it. I have the 49ers going three and three. That is the one thing that separates these two teams. This is the one thing I'm wrong about, so be it. So be it. I believe in the Seahawks, though. I do. I think they're gonna be division winners. I think the San Francisco 49ers will finish second. The Rams will finish third, and the Cardinals will go two and fifteen and finish last. With the first overall pick, which, as we get closer to this, I do have all of my ranking. I have my entire season predictions complete now. We will be able to see who I have making the playoffs, and I'll probably be. I will probably talk about it at the beginning of an episode here soon. I'm not going to make it a full episode, but I would love to kind of do like a little way too early playoff prediction. Moving on. That's my NFC West, right there. That's it. Let me know what you think. I'd greatly appreciate it. 
I'm going to leave a poll under this episode. I want to see your thoughts, of course. Leave a comment under the Q&A if you would. Let us know what we could do better. I'm always looking for some constructive criticism. It's all good. I want to bring y'all the best possible show I ever could. I'm sorry about there being no guests today, you guys. I really am. I just could not find anyone for the NFC West. During the school semester, I will say I'm going to go ahead and put thoughts out here. There is a chance we might have to move to one episode a week. I'm thinking on it. I'm just putting it out there. Complete transparency, okay? I greatly appreciate any patience. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to get y'all two episodes a week, and I'm going to try my best. So, well, I want to talk a little bit about preseason football, man. When this episode's being recorded, the Ravens lost their streak after 24 straight wins. And a lot of people are being real hateful on that timeline. Real hateful. I don't know. I feel, I feel like it's a little goofy. If you can hype it up so much, as my friend Justice brought up, if you can hype it up so much, then obviously you can hype up them it being snapped. When he said that, I was like, dude, there's no other argument. This, this man is all right. Which, by the way, Justice is the amazing guy who made our logo. So, Which I always try and leave the links for everyone involved in the descriptions of these episodes. So check those out to find us where you can find us, of course. With that being said, though, with that being said, Hopefully y'all y'all don't mind the shorter episode. It's only about 40 minutes. I'm now probably going to go finish up my notes on the NFC South. Watch that Florida documentary. I can't wait to talk about it on the next episode. I can't wait. The next episode will be the NFC South. Probably talk about the Florida documentary in a little bit. I'm going to try and have y'all a guest once again. If you ever have any interest on the show, please let me know. I want to get everyone involved. I want to hear everyone's opinions. That's, the, that's why I love about the sport. So, I appreciate y'all for if you made it this far. Let me know how wrong I am about the NFC West. I've always been notoriously kind of... I've always been pretty bad about predicting the NFC West, just historically speaking. So, full transparency. Let me know where I'm wrong. I appreciate you for making it this far. Leave or leave just anything, man. If you could, go ahead, leave a review. I greatly would appreciate. I would really appreciate it. It helps recommend the show to other people. Gives us more viewers. I just everything, man. I'm excited. Okay, I'm excited for football now. Thank y'all for listening. I know this has been a chaotic outro, but you all need to stay in your lane, and I'm gonna do the same. All right. Peace.